podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. So glad we made it. Time will never change it. And that's what it would sound like if one of the Space Girls had a severe cold when they were recording that song. That's also the song that we played first retirement of several thousand of the GOAT David Campbell. Welcome everybody to Saturday Draft Live episode 170. Can you believe that? 170 <laughs> episodes. Your host, one of your hosts today, at least Scott McLeod. And if you don't follow me on Twitter, then well, screw you, it's at Scott McLeod 1996. Uh, mm-hmm. You may not have seen, I announced that I, this will be my last episode of Saturday Draft Live uh, as a host. I, mean, I may pop up uh, going forward if the guys want me on to talk about my team. If I do particularly well in future seasons, I'll still be a draft competitor. I just won't be part of Saturday Draft Live anymore. Because, you know, I just feel like nothing lasts forever. You know, all good things come to an end. So my time with you comes to an end. But men like this man will help carry it forward. The so-called stats man, even though he reads numbers that yeah. someone else put up, uh, and I'll never let that go. Uh, David Hockney. Yeah, you need to learn how to let things go. It's uh, it's just a part of life, and it just does it just doesn't help anybody in the long run. I've been in that position before, and but you're right. Yeah, sometimes you just got to let it go. It's sad that no, we're coming to the end of another season, and you know it's a shame that today's going to be your last hosting gig as well. It's it's been a hell of a run. You've been here since day one as H. Uh, you carried us through 16 seasons of the show. From the days of you know keeping it short and sweet to the extensive analysis to the live shows to the team reveals, it's uh, uh, definitely one of the OGs. And now you join the GOAT David Campbell as uh, inducted into the SDL Hall of Fame, shall we say. Me and David Campbell will get shipped off to a farm where we can run around and be free with other SDL hosts. If that's what your parents say. Uh, mm. but yeah, we've been doing this show. Like I've been on the show longer than COVID. It's really been a, a thing. Like we were doing mm-hmm. we the first episode in like November of 2019. So sometimes you just need to let things go. And you know, I've got I'll be on other shows. I'll be on Central. I'll be on East meets West. So you know, I'm not not as if I'm leaving forever. But you know, time for a new chapter, as I said, with the Saturday Draft Live. And, you know, well, well, it's almost like the universe was conspiring against me because not only is this my last show, but tomorrow we're doing, you and I, David Hayden, partner, a very worthwhile steps challenge at Hamden for, for charity. And the universe has conspired against me to make me feel like crap physically and make me sound the absolute worst I could possibly sound on my last show for recording. So, <laughs> fuck you, karma or whatever it is that's causing this to me. Uh, but listen, no more doom and gloom. Shall we talk about WrestleMania? Yes, WrestleMania. WrestleMania, so big you need two nights, but you're not getting two nights of analysis, just getting the one and liking it. We go to the top <laughs> three of the week. Uh, number three with 10 points ahead of his, what David Campbell said would probably be the, the work rate match of WrestleMania 39. Well, whatever night it's on, and I agree with him. Uh, Seth Rollins is going to take on Logan Paul and 
I think Seth David's clear is starting to get back to starting to get back to that level he used to be at because in the first few seasons he was just a dominant presence in this draft, but he kind of fell because he was always used to help elevate other guys. But mm-hmm. I think winning the US title a few seasons ago, he really started that that climb back up. Yeah, so he's going to be on night two of WrestleMania, I believe, and he has, along with Orange Cassidy, has kept Team Transatlantic Heartbreakers afloat, and he's again contributing to how far they've climbed up the table from... Because I remember at the start of the launch party, Transatlantic Heartbreakers were going to be the ones finishing last, but boy, if they proved me wrong with... uh, Orange Cassidy obviously leading the charge, but Seth Rollins now broken into the top 10 of the season with 32 points overall, and I am predicting a win for Seth Rollins uh, at Mania as well, given the status of Logan Paul's contract is going to be coming up after Mania. So, and Ross and I discussed this on Central the other day. I think Rollins definitely does need the win more at Mania, given how many guys he's put over. But sure, he may not have scored as highly as previous seasons, because there have been times where he's been leading the charge. But he's been that constant factor throughout this draft. You know, a very reliable points getter. The crowd absolutely love him. And he's effectively contributed to the rise of the transatlantic heartbreakers up the table throughout the entire season. Yeah, absolutely. He's number 10 in the top 10 of the season overall with 32 points. Just two points behind Austin Theory. And he's I, I agree with you. I do see a, a, a win for Seth Rollins at WrestleMania because well, one, he's not had one in a few years. And also, it makes sense with the story for Logan. He kind of, he's suited in his heel role, so the heel gets his comeuppance. Also, he's probably going to continue to have these sporadic appearances because as much as he loves being a part of the WWE, if he's going to continue doing it, he's also got his other interests that he's working on. And also, I don't think WWE want to overexpose Logan by his mm-hmm. own persona. Because I think the way he get the most out of him every time he every time he shows up. I imagine if he goes away, we may not see him back to maybe the Saudi shows because he's probably very big over there. But yeah, speaking of WrestleMania potential work rate matches, another contender for a work rate match is the man who's holding the work rate title, my captain and Ross's captain, on eleven points, Gunther. Uh, he, uh, I believe he had a match with Roger randomly against like Dolph Ziggler, so I'll take that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll probably watch Dolph Ziggler sell one of Gunther's chops. And then I'll say he just stood there while his boys got beat up by, by Seamus and Drew. But I still see Gunther coming out of this with the title. And I much need to win Almania for me and Ross. Because I think everybody, as much as they love Drew and Seamus, especially the story of Seamus's like, road to get that Grand Slam, a lot of people agree that Gunther's one of the best IC champions in a while and more than worthy of breaking that honky-tonk man record. Hmm. Oh yeah, I mean Gunther again has been another constant in this draft, he was the third selection overall following the the two Royal Rumble winners, he currently sits fifth overall, just one point behind Orange Cassidy who's on 47, 46 points overall for Gunther, and yeah like you said, the win on Raw gets him on the table this week, and appearances backstage by, by watching the Imperium tag team match at the correct angle for the TV as well, more or less. So, but yeah, we have discussed. You know, is there the possibility that Gunther could eclipse the Honky Tonk Man's reign? I'd be happy if he does, but at the same time, I think he's also he's also um, in a position to potentially go after the Universal Title if they decide to split them post Mania. So, 
there's definitely a number of options for for Gunther to go down. But either way, I can see him being a very high draft selection come next season. Probably, I think he's guaranteed to be a first round selection next time around. Oh yeah, I mean he was the first round selection for me and Ross. I think even though we were worried about what his main roster run would be like, I think since he's called up to the main roster, his stock in this draft has just continued to rise, and I don't mm. see it anytime soon, regardless of whether or not he walks out of WrestleMania as Intercontinental Champion. He is fifth overall this season on 46 points, just one point behind Orange Cassidy, the or sorry, International Champion now. Um, I think with a win at Mania, he would overtake Cassidy and maybe go up to fourth overall in the season. Yeah. But then we got to number one. Adrenaline <laughs> in my soul at the top of... Uh, <laughs> At the top, Cody Rhodes. Well, <laughs> you saved it. Saved it. And now that you mentioned, it, I saved it. I need to leave my fucking my fuck up in there. So thanks for that, Dave. Unless <laughs> I, but yeah, I mean, it was really a pick'em between him and Rhea. Like, and you knew when you guys were picking second that you know David the goat to goats and Connor goat tones goat tones two point whatever the fuck you want to call them. Basically the same <laughs> thing. Yeah, Woody. I've got to get one last dig out of David Campbell while I'm here. Uh, <laughs> between Rhea and Cody, like you knew that the lead up to WrestleMania, they would both be kind of high point scorers, but I think it's just a case that Cody, in the last few weeks, he's just across the and SmackDown, he's just picked up his wins against like Ludwig Kaiser, LA Knight. He just done this, you know, he wants to get some reps in before media, and that's really helped you guys in the two-horse race at the top against uh, Goats and Carnet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he also got a win over Solo Sokoa on Roswell, ending his undefeated streak, which is uh, quite surprising, if I'm being honest, uh, you know, to have Solos run in so abruptly. But at the same time, it makes Cody look like a threat going into Mania. But then again, I think a lot of people have seen Cody as a legitimate threat to Roman uh, for this title match. But me and Gary are very, very pleased with how Cody has performed all season long. He's now... With those 12 points this week, he actually now sits at the top of the table with uh, 70 points overall, just one point above Asuka, uh, who had a outstanding Elimination Chamber performance this season. But, you know, it just goes to show, you know, during a season where the Elimination Chamber is involved and one participant runs a mock throughout the Chamber, it does take a very, very strong performer that season to overtake somebody who's been top of the table for the majority of the season so it's uh and it would be just the cherry on top to see cody walk away with the undisputed universal title and have men on a mission 2.0 win the tag team season two years in a row and be solidified as essr's greatest tag team not the goats incarnate not the goat tones and nobody else is going to fit that slot you know, there are some tag teams who never needed to win tag team titles, and they're often fondly remembered. I'm just not mentioning any names, cough, cough, make Lopez with cheese. Anyway, but yeah, it's, it's weird because, like, Rascal was a presence uh, before the chamber and seemingly stopped wrestling, whereas Cody, like, since the chamber, maybe to be on the same side with Peckendry, just continued to wrestle, which is obviously those constant wins on TV would really help you guys. And we'll go to the final uh, leaderboard before WrestleMania. We got Grand McRobbie and Quack Raji, I think, where we originally said they would be, but at least they're in triple digits. Uh, we Albuquerque Graps 2.0. It's just as doomed as the original Albuquerque Graps on 116 mm-hmm. points. 
Ian Ross, I ran it in now. Uh, 131 points looking to turn that around with a couple of title wins at Wrestlemania uh, and he's Steve in the morning at 147 points one point behind a pair of fannies Jack and Ryan Oglis is the best they've been all season all that talk for Ryan like oh no, no I'm not being nice but I can't really see anyone past any of us so there's at least three people past you Ryan you dick uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Transatlantic Heartbreakers on 154 points uh, would a Seth Rollins wouldn't help them move into second I don't know because four points ahead of him on 158 points is Goats incarnate but then a gap is opened 181 points at the top is the men on mission 2.0 how can they keep that gap open we'll talk about representation at Wrestlemania for both teams in a little bit but first Dave for the final time please the one thing I'm not going to miss please bore me to death with the listeners league all right, so we have our listeners' week top five, and let me tell you, there has been a bit of a shake-up in the standings. Uh, we've got effectively five-horse race now. So fifth place this week, we have Ross McClucky with Los Ingobernables de Jamon on 193 points. Fourth place, just one point ahead of him on 194. We have Lee McAteer with big points. Certainly is big points if you're sitting in the top five there. So well done, genius. And being knocked out of number one position uh, as he was two weeks ago, he's now dropped to third on 205 points. It's Ross Brady with the big banger bros theory, uh, overtaking him to second place. Uh, 207 points is Gary Morris with banger brothers and sisters. But one point ahead, this is going to be a very, very close race. Uh, Top of the table going into WrestleMania. It's John Sly, 208 points, Judgment Day 1-ish. But there is something else we need to discuss, and that is the Listener's League Cup. So it all comes down to the final showdown between previous winner Matt Smith and -and up-and-comer Tam McKay. So at the minute, uh, we've received a score update from Stephen. The score is currently Matt Smith, 38, Tam McKay, 47. So it's a nine-point gap between them. Tam McKay has the advantage going in uh, to the standings. But looking at Matt Smith's team, we have his captain is Rhea Ripley, who is favoured to win the SmackDown women's title. He has the Usos, which will probably, at this stage, it's looking unlikely they're going to retain the um, tag team championships. But he also has Paul Heyman, who probably will make a few appearances throughout the weekend. But that is his only WrestleMania representation thus far. If we look at Tam's team, though, uh, he also has uh, Rare Ripley, the Usos, but he also very crucially has Dominic Mysterio, who's his team captain. In addition to supporting him, he also has Solo Sokoa and EO Sky, along with uh, Adam Pierce. So Tam McKay, very much a WWE heavy team uh, with some representation going into Mania. I think the only way he's going to get through this is if Dominic Mysterio gets the win and Damage Control gets the win, but a Rare Ripley would, win would certainly contribute to that as well. So I think at this stage, the favourite to win the Listeners League Cup is Tam McKay, not only because he has a lot more representation uh, for the WrestleMania card in his team, but he's also leading by a fairly decent margin. So I think it's safe to say Tam McKay is going to be the favourite to win the Listeners League Cup and join the Listeners League next season. Well, Billy for him, you know, can I cope for you, Tam? Uh, Ante. WrestleMania, but before WrestleMania, just a quick mention about NXT stand and deliver. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have picks on there. You got Dreadlight Heartbreakers do have Roxanne Perez, who mysteriously is good to go ahead of 
uh, stand and deliver. So she will technically be defending the title. The title is not officially vacated anymore. Do uh, you reveal the reasons you fainted because of anxiety, which she now has to overcome? I do have a story, but thanks for revealing that after we talked mm-hmm. about the possibility of her coming back on Central. So, <laughs> hey, well, listen, don't, don't be. Don't be dissing anxiety here, okay? It's a real uh, thing. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not dissing anxiety. I suffer from it as well, but I'm dissing the way NXT is portraying anxiety. Like I was so oh, anxious, yeah. she was so anxious about a match that she won that she then collapsed. Like it was the way that they portrayed it. And they like this is written by Shawn Michaels. I don't know what I'm not getting to Shawn Michaels here, but anyway, Shawn Michaels' regular has been very questionable recently. I'm just saying, but. So the way she's come back, it really feels like she's set up for a win on that ladder match. So mm-hmm. there's 10 points going. So even before May started, uh, Randall had it heartbreakers could maybe leap over Coates Incarnate and placement for really the what they do. Uh, in terms of that unsanctioned match, it's Stephen, Andy and Stephen who have Joy Guerrero against me and Ross have Grice and Walla. Uh, and Let's see if anybody else has uh, maybe Braun or Carmelo Hayes, which it'd be weird if they didn't. Because I don't think there's that much NXT representation this season. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. No, I don't think either of them have been selected, which is baffling as well, given how well Braun Breaker's performed in the past. But I think we were all under the impression that I think Carmelo Hayes was going to be the favourite to to win that match. Uh, but looking at the, the other standings for... Uh, stand and deliver. I don't really see anybody else with any sort of major outstanding performance. I think we've all stuck to the main roster primarily. Yeah. So I think transatlantic heartbreakers are probably in the uh, the best position to shoot up the table following stand and deliver. You and Ross. I mean, sure you've got Grayson Waller, uh, but even if he wins that, I don't think it's going to affect the the standings, given that you're pretty close to the bottom. Andy and Steven, I think, would rather want our Gargano win to sort of um, muddy the waters a bit between the, the battle for the mid of the table. I mean, I mean yeah, we wouldn't move us up that much, but then don't forget that across both nights we have two title matches of WrestleMania, me and Ross, one of them being our casual, and also being good through each triple threat. We also have Austin Theory, who will open mm-hmm. up the event uh, night one as we quickly uncovered. Oh, yes, it's our central, as you guys did. So, Austin C and Good Thermi and Russell Hoban will just leave us in the fit and the middle point of the table. That we, I'd be happy with that at this point. You know, as long as we can overtake somehow but, uh, the pair of fatties, it's well there. But that's our main representation, I think, on WrestleMania. Whereas the guys that are below us, Kwaku uh, and and they did have Bobby Lashley, so they're one of the main benef- guys to benefit from last night's SmackDown. So Bobby mm-hmm. Lashley, Andrew the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, and he has said on a, a, a Twitter exclusive video for WWE that on free Saturday and Sunday, basically implying that he might call someone out on one of the nights. So there's a chance that Bobby Lashley has an open challenge at WrestleMania. 
Well, night two only has six matches scheduled. So, I mean, there's every chance, you know, you'll probably call somebody out on the Sunday and then that makes it seven matches per night, which effectively makes sense. You know, seven's a, a lucky number. Have it, have it um, even for both nights. So it's like fairly, fairly well paced out across, across both sets. Yeah, they also had the Usulas, as you mentioned, the Kwaku and Grant, and they also have Bailey, who will be in the damage control uh, versus Becky in the Legends match later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think he's got, they've got Becky, you and uh, Gary have EO Sky. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kuakai is. Hold uh, on, I'm looking. They're on a pair of fannies. She's on a pair of fannies team. Fannies team. They, who also randomly have Becky Lynch. Oh, yeah, so their points will cancel out regardless in that instance. Yeah. So really, it's you and uh, Alba Gugas 2.0 pretty much hoping for a damage control win on that stage. Mm. Both ends of the spec, both ends of the the standings of the table. But, you know, we did discuss on Central, I think there is a potential for a heel turn on the face side. And damage control, I think, need a need a win over the legends to re-establish themselves as the top uh, women's stable. But Eoskaya, Dakota Kai, have both been pretty much underperforming this season, given, you know, they did so well from SummerSlam to Survivor Series and then just as well in the Royal Rumble season. But both of them scoring 10 points or less this season, a big, a big win on Mania would be wonderful for them. And wonderful for men on a mission. We've already mentioned the Translator Harbors because they have Rockside and Seth Rollins as their main representation. Unless Adam Pierce only wants to pop up several times across both nights of WrestleMania, I don't see how much yeah. what more they can they can get at this stage. And then Stephen do have, as we mentioned, and Stephen have Jerry Gargano as we mentioned. Uh, other than uh, Darby Allen, who also won't be on the show, they have quite a bit of representation. They have Asuka. Challenging for the Romans thing on night two. Got Sami Zayn. I imagine everyone really wants him and Kevin to win. Imperium, who will probably accompany Gunther to the ring. And he also has a Liv Morgan, who will be teamed with with the your picks. Raquel Rodriguez in the Women's Showcase match. And Sami, she got a win this past week on SmackDown as well in the Fatal 4-Way singles match. So if that's the win that helps us, you know, confirm the victory, <laughs> David Campbell is going to be fuming, given how much, you know, he um, he shot on our uh, selection of Raquel Rodriguez as a, as a second round pick. Well, I wouldn't get so happy because they're clearly not winning. I mean, you've got Ronda and Shane, and this is basically get Ronda and Shane on the card and give them a win because you never, when we're on the audience, right, because when Ronda Rousey's on the card, don't bet against Ronda Rousey because WWE mm-hmm. for reason why I have her win all that bloody time but one thing I should mention though is um, there haven't been a lot of captaincy changes this season and one thing to note is I think um, I believe Transatlantic Heartbreakers have Seth Rollins as their team captain I'm a little bit surprised they, they didn't change well I'm surprised they didn't change the Roxanne Perez uh, before Monday but then again she she wasn't announced to be in the ladder match until literally the go home show. So I don't think they were, I think they were sort of putting a, a bit of a bind for that. So let's just call it Shawn Michaels NXT booking has kind of screwed over the Transatlantic Heartbreakers a little bit. Well, how you pose the question and then immediately answered your own question. It's, it's called thinking out loud. Like I do that a lot. 
I know, it's like, I don't know why they didn't do this. Well, then, well, there is this thing. Like, well, yeah, that, that'd be it, Colombo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Asuka and Sami Zayn, I think those are, are the best uh, chances for Andy and Steven. Obviously, Sami, a lot of people want this story to, to end, but not as many people confident in Asuka getting away. I think Asuka's going to win, but where do you stand on Asuka's chances against Bianca? See, I said this on Central. This is the match that's really got me split on because I reckon this one could go either way between Bianca and Asuka. I said to Ross on Central, I've reluctantly gone with Bianca here because I think they'll want to continue this lengthy run to the point where Asuka is fully turned heel and fully embraces this new sort of Kana-esque persona from her Japan days. And I think it will really bring a new life to the um, to the feud. Uh, and obviously Bianca's still massively over with the fans. I just hope that this win doesn't like make her become the John Cena-esque style Superman character that we saw back in the mid-2000s and then people start to sour on her. Like, I really hope it doesn't come to that because she does brilliantly as a face character. But I am reluctantly going to go with Bianca to win this one. Uh, Ryan and Jack do have quite a bit. I think everyone on the team has a chance to be on WrestleMania or at least get poised at WrestleMania. He's got, they've got Kevin Owens, Becky Lynch, as we mentioned. They've got Dakota Guy, Alpha Academy, who definitely aren't winning that four-way match. Uh, they got Paul Heyman and Solo Sokoa, who could come out and get involved in the match with Roman Reigns. And even Solo Sokoa could make an appearance during the tag match against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. So, not a bad team that they put together, but I think Kevin Owens is maybe their best scorer, or will be their best scorer on the night. I think as long as they've... I believe they've still got the captaincy applied on Kevin Owens, so a title win at Mania would be wonderful for pair of fannies. And I, think, and I reckon the Usos are the most likely to drop their championships. So I think they've got a good chance to score some big points at Mania. Is it going to be enough to win? I don't think so. But still, all the best to finish on a high. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got the Goats and Carnet. Everyone except MJF that they have on their team is going to be on Mania for the Goats and Carnet. They have McIntyre and Sheamus and the Triple Threat, Finn Balor and the Hell in a Cell against Edge. Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley, they both have, I think Rhea is their captain, and they have Bianca Belair. I mean, we were all saying that you shouldn't pick the both of the semis because they'll both probably lose at Mania. I mean, Charlotte Flair only picked up 11 points so far with Bianca on 21. Rhea, on the other hand, mm-hmm. has two points. But uh, how do you think this is going to work out points-wise when Rhea and Charlotte, you know, because I think they're going to get points one way or another, but they might lose more points if Rhea loses, which you probably shouldn't do, given that she's their mm-hmm. captain. I think it would be I'd be genuinely surprised if Rhea didn't walk away with a win here. And I think that's the reason why Goats Incarnate had her as the number one pick, because you know she's been so heavily featured across this season. She's been one of the big scorers. And it almost acts as if a almost acts like a, a redemption arc for Rhea. You know, she couldn't defeat Charlotte at Mania three years ago. She lost she, I don't think she's ever beaten her one on one either as well. So this would be vindication for uh for Rhea Ripley. Although you do have Charlotte Flair, who's also on Team Goats Incarnate, so the points will be offset a little bit, but not to the point where their captain has won a, a title on a pay-per-view, because those are massive, massive points. 
But even if one of your picks loses a title on pay-per-view, that is, that's still a significant uh, loss in points. And if that costs them this draft, oh, I mean, can you just imagine the, uh, the outrage shown there? Uh, and also looking at your team, Dave, because you guys, a lot of people have been between you guys and the Goats Incarnate. We already mentioned Ra- Raquel and Eel. You guys also have Dominic Mysterio, Woody uh, mm-hmm. Rhodes, obviously, as we mentioned. So you seem to be the only one on uh, Central, definitely not for biased reasons, who seem to believe that Dominic was winning his match at <laughs> WrestleMania. Uh, I really think it's a case of like, if Cody somehow doesn't win and they want to go for this whole thousand days with Robin, if Cody loses and like Rhea, but Rhea and like Bianca went on the goat side, that's what could secure them. Season. Maybe even Finn Balor. Because I think I'd go 50 50 on Finn Balor if he's going to win against Edge. So, but I think a rest on Cody and Dominic winning for your team to keep that gap open. It's, uh, I'm banking on a Dom win to really help us get through here. I think damage control seems fairly likely to win i guess because then it resets the the women's tag title picture a little bit especially if there's uh rumors of a heel turn coming in uh i just hope raquel and Liv don't get pinned in the four-way match because they can still get points for that i mean i have ronda and Shayna winning that four-way tag match but yeah i'm just hoping raquel and Liv don't get pinned and then we're then we're gucci but the big one the very big one is cody mm-hmm he needs to win this to secure our our win. Because if anything, regardless of whatever else happens, we might still be at the top of the table, albeit maybe a few points either side. But we need that Cody captaincy win to really cement it for us. That's going to be finishing the story in style. Yeah. I mean, it's a captaincy win, a title match at WrestleMania. I mean, let's address the neck tattoo in the room. Like, oh yeah, if those other ones <laughs> all fail you. Like Cody winning is what is the last hope you guys need, and you guys are used to it coming into the wire because it was just an appearance by the bloody Uso with their company Roman last year. But mm-hmm. the guys, the win by a by a ball here, so you know there's a chance you could eat. So basically, there's a chance if go if Bianca and like Rhea, Bianca, Rhea, and Finn all get wins in their matches, uh, or at least two out of three, I think. And it'll come down to Squeaky Bum time again. If, uh, <laughs> if only Rhea maybe gets the one, that would still be dominant. But if like Bianca loses, Charlotte losing points from Charlotte, Finn loses, and but you get a win from Cody and Dom, then you win by a comfortable margin. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, let's not let's not forget um, the X factor as well. Damian Priest, who could make a couple of, of appearance points either side. Uh, maybe he'll show up with Rhea in our entrance, maybe he'll show up with Balor in his entrance, he might even show up with Dom Dom. So there's very, there's a lot of opportunity for Priest to make uh, some appearance points and just give us that little bit extra because overall he's actually the third highest scorer in our team for a fifth round pick, just behind uh, MJF, but then obviously he was in the Ironman match, so that's a number of wins overall. But appearance points wise, you know, Priest has actually been very, very valuable to the team as a whole so all i just need is a couple more from from them during media weekend and then yeah everything will be hunky-dory yes it will and that's we hope we'll all be tuning in 
Yes, and we'll all be tuning into WrestleMania with beta breath, I am very sure. And David Gamble will be there with his keyboard at the very, ready to gloat or rant and say it's not fair. Whatever happens, whatever way the wind blows. So, there's Joe, and that will do us for the final episode of the season, for my final episode as a host. And I, I do promise you from the bottom of my heart, I will try to make this one stick, unlike David Gamble. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I'll honestly... But a hell of a raid be on the show with starting with David Campbell, then bringing Jack and Dave on, the rotating cast, and then David Campbell coming back, Ryan coming in, and uh, I would say who's they will be a fourth person on uh, FDL replacing me. I won't say who yet. Well, we'll hold that off until uh, the new season starts in a couple of weeks. Uh, you know, I look forward to them trying to be the Alex Luger in '93 to my Hulk Hogan after I've departed. Uh, STL Express but yeah I, I do mean it for the bottom of my heart that STL is one of the best things I think I've ever done in terms of podcasting so is that to go but it's what i got to do and Dave good luck to you with me and good luck to you Jack and Ryan going forward and in the words of Chad Gable I shall say to you Scott I thank you Network.